Let the games begin. Carnage. Carnage. Hello there, and welcome to the Carnage Podcast. This is, of course, Hassan Khan. The last episode, you waited for about five weeks, and then suddenly, just like the UK buses, you've got two podcasts, hopefully, within a week. Today, I think you're going to see a different side to me. It's not none of this formal stuff. We're going to be talking about football. I've got Darmish Chef, or he likes to think he's Darmish Chef. He's a friend of mine. Uh, we grew up at school together. Why don't we go over to Joe then? Hey, Joe, welcome, mate. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Hass. Uh, it's great to be with you um, and uh, on your podcast. Um, I'm just thankful that you didn't refer to me as the Andy Brastel of uh, the football world because uh, my European football knowledge is probably not up there with my uh, English knowledge. I know. So pe- people have been saying, oh, you've been doing serious stuff, but I- I'm just going to do whatever comes my way. And I think the Premier League's about to start, what, this Friday... Hopefully the podcast will be out before then. Um, I just thought it might be a good idea for us to sit down together and chat football amicably before we turn into enemies on Saturday. Although I don't think there's any chance of that because, honestly, you support Chelsea. I support Man United. I think you're in a far more stable position than we are. Where do we start? Let's start with... I'll tell you what, let's talk about your um, your hopes and ambitions for <laughs> Manchester United this season. And I'll tell you mine about Chelsea. Okay, so I'll so put the question to you. Yeah. What do you? Where do you expect Manchester? Well, uh, two questions for you. Mm. Where do you expect Manchester United to be come the end of the season? And realistically, where would you like them to be if you were to put your <laughs> expectations aside? Yeah, I mean, if if you put your feelings and your deepest desires aside, then obviously you know in the top four, you'd say. But obviously. The, the arrogance, the what we've enjoyed over the years. I want to win the league, but there's cat in hell chance in that happening. Look, in, in my opinion, I think, again, we're going to be fighting for that solid sixth Europa League position. I just don't think we've got the signings that we needed. Ten Hag, the new manager, uh, is lacking Premier League experience, whether we like it or not. And I don't believe he's been supported by the Glazers. But I don't also think he's helped himself by chasing Frankie de Jong, who has got some rather complex issues with Barcelona. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think there's <laughs> there's been some long-running sagas within uh, the transfer market for you. De Jong being one of them, you know, it, it's clear to me from what I've read and seen that he wants to stay at Barcelona um, and that Man United really want him. And, you know, he, he's sort of stuck in the middle, isn't he? Barcelona, we know, are in a big... Bit of, uh, they're trying to balance the books out to make sure they can sign the likes of Lewandowski and uh, keep Dembele on their books. And they kind of want him to go or take a pay cut. And there's Man United desperate to sign him. It uh, hasn't helped, has it? You know, you, to try and you want to get the players in nice and early so you can have a good preseason. And well, exactly. It, it doesn't seem to. I mean, Martinez from Ajax took a long while to get through, didn't it? Christine yeah. So that, that that's the other frustration, Joe. So it takes Liverpool about four hours to sort out their premium player, and it takes us eight weeks to sort out Martinez. I just don't get it. I just just don't understand how our CEOs and our bosses are getting away with this. And then to add to that, we, we can't sort out with Barcelona the 10 million they owe to um, De Jong. So why not just say, look, we're offering you 65 million and the other 10 million will pay direct to the player. If you don't like it, fine, keep him and we'll go and sign someone else. 
like Andidi or, or, or one of the other players. I mean, for example, Basuma. Now, he went to Spurs right at the beginning of the transfer market. Why on earth did we not chase him? He's far better mm. than Fred and McTominay. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's there's some quality in and around the Premier League, isn't there? And it seems that United are kind of looking away at... I, I think you want established Premiership players, don't you? I think people that get the Premier League... They get the pace, they get the, the tough competition, the defences they're going to face. Basuma would have been a, a good target. Um, and yeah, I don't know why they've overlooked that there. Yeah, um, I mean, there's no, Basuma. You know there is always hope. There's always Ross Barkley. He's available. Oh, Jesus. Now now you're now you're saying Danny Drinkwater as well, eh? No, mate. No, mate. Take care of for free. Save your money. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, go on. <laughs> I, do, I do have to ask you something, and we need to touch upon it sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. Now... Cristiano Ronaldo, um, <laughs> yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday, they were playing, Man United were playing Real Zaragoza in a yeah. friendly, yeah. and he left early uh, yeah. along with another Man United player. I yep. think he got subbed at half time. Clearly, there is some disharmony amongst the dressing room if he's making it absolutely clear that he wants to leave. Ten Hag is saying that he wants him to stay. Um, he's not going <laughs> the right way about. Um, trying to prove to the manager that he has any intention of staying by walking out for a friendly game. What do you think is in the best interest of Cristiano Ronaldo and Man United moving wait, forwards? Wait, wait, let me ask you a leading question. You you are one of the best footballers in the world. You've got the world at your feet, even at 37, 38 years old. You, you score 15 to 20 goals for a very ordinary Manchester United. You're willing to give them a chance, second season... Uh, because you've got a new manager, but then you're seeing utter nonsense and trash in the transfer market. And as a player who's got ambitions of playing in Europe still, as a player who's got ambitions of scoring 20-odd goals and getting to that 1,000 goals, would you want to stay at Manchester United? No, absolutely you wouldn't. He he left with Diallo early. We don't know why. So, yes, we are going to lose Cristiano Ronaldo, but the question is, who can afford him? And the question is, who's going to take him on? That probably leads us on to Chelsea, doesn't it? Because you've lost Lukaku. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you know, you laugh about it. Yeah. But you, you've lost Lukaku, right? You've got Timo Werner, who I honestly don't rate. I think my grandma would be better up front, right? Um, obviously. Well, he's on his way out anyway. Yeah, yeah, he could be on his way out. You've got Kai Havertz, who's still developing and is a wide player. You you need, you could do with the number nine um, within but, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, and Havertz is not a number nine. No. No, so you could have mm. Cristiano Ronaldo and plan for a year to get a, a solid replacement in next year. You know, that's what City did. The City didn't get Harry Kane, so they've got Haaland in. I think if Chelsea get it right defensively, which, you know, clearly we're, we're demonstrating and we, we're doing our best. We've always, you know, we, historically lost 10, 15 years. We've had really good defences. Koulibaly is, is up there with Rudiger. He's done a fantastic job at Napoli. He's just taken over the number 26. Obviously, that was sort of not being used since John Terry retired or left the club. We've got other good players within the setup in defence. Um, there's still some question marks over Aspilicueta and Alonso, but we've got the likes of Ben Chilwell to come back, Reese James, who we know can play at the back as well. I think that we, we do need someone of Cristiano Ronaldo's quality uh, and, you know, the ability to score goals up front. Chelsea tend not to like to sign 
players that, I mean I say that but we signed Thiago Silva at 36 37 yeah. um Cristiano Ronaldo would be for one season and you're right we would have to be looking at someone else for long term maybe developing Kai Havertz into that number nine you know we had our opportunities to sign I mean I don't know why we didn't go for Jesus or Dembele and really try and push that deal through with Barcelona there isn't anyone really left of top quality that's available on the market but yeah I, I you know listen I'd love to sign Ronaldo. I think, you know, to have someone of that stature in, in the club with the with everything that he's done in football still has a lot to give. Um, I just don't know if Chelsea want him by the, by the sounds of it. Um, and so many other clubs now saying that they don't think that he fits in with their philosophies. Uh, he's in a bit of a tricky situation, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So his wages are going to be ridiculous. It's going to be like 500k a week. And on top of that, Man United will want at least 10 to 15 million in transfer fee. Now, there is rumours that he could go on loan. That would madness. Be... Yeah, but if he was to go on loan, that's ridiculous. Like, can you imagine if Man United loaned him to Chelsea or, or to Atletico? Why would you do that when you've got Martial as the only number nine at the club? So, I think this is going right down to the deadline. I'll tell you who we've actually not spoken about, and you didn't even mention him, but... I think Raheem Sterling is a far better signing for you than Jesus is for Arsenal. Because I tell you what, that boy can put it yeah, away. He can. Uh, he creates goals. He'll play out wide. Um, and I think that's what Chelsea... The, the thing is, Chelsea put in a fantastic signing. I, I, and I, and I, I was listening to um, a former player. Um, I think it was Aguero, actually, this week, saying that he is one of the best. He's been one of the best for City uh, since he joined from Liverpool. He cannot understand why City let him go and they make some strange decisions. I think we've got a steal um, and I think he is going to be brilliant and he just needs someone up there. Whether it is Harvard's or not, he needs someone up there that's with this, on the same level as he is, which is going to be tricky. He's going to do well at Chelsea. I don't think he'll get 20 to 25 goals a season um, because he's going to play out wide. Um, I think it's going to be tricky, but I do think he'll get a good few goals, maybe 10 to 15 yeah, but again, yeah. That, that all depends. That all depends who's up there up front, on top with him. Do, do you know what? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Mm. No, no, go on. No, I was going to say. Do you know what else is really good about him? You, you've you've had your fair share of critics, uh, particularly around your support and racism. He's someone who's stood up for racism and has been made his feelings clear, and mm. is a he's an ambassador. So, how do you think that will play out with the, with the supporters then? I think it's fantastic to. Have have someone of his credentials uh, within our setup and Koulibaly because he's experienced uh, the same similar racist abuse from fans in Italy which we know have you know past histories of, of, of serious racial tensions uh, from fans you know Chelsea have a lot of supporters from you know the old days should we say where racism was a lot more present and there, there is still a lot of work to be done uh, to stamp out racism and I think there's no one better to have in your club to support the work that Chelsea do because I don't think it's Chelsea that raises it's a minority of fans that um, we need to make sure that you know are identified and, and not allowed to come back to games. But you know, couldn't ask for anyone better, could you? Um, no. And but, he will support those younger players as well. Right, exactly. That, I think that's the nail on the head. There, he's going to be exemplary for the younger players. I, I still think, as a Chelsea fan, you sound a bit confused as to where you might end up this season because you've talked about Koulibaly, you've talked about Sterling, but actually, your right back, your left back, obviously, Reese James is to come back, but what do you think you're missing 
to actually go that one step further and, and challenge Liverpool and Man City? I mean, I, I think <laughs> I I don't think that. Well, I, I, I just, we're just not on the, the same par as those two clubs. They they are steamrolling forwards. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of talk about Chelsea not making the top four next season, probably because we've had a lot of players leave and a lot of players still to leave. Um, we're in a, we're in a phase of transition. We're in a, a change of ownership. Philosophies might change. Um, we've still got Tuchel at the helm. He's a fantastic manager. We've had our fair share of success. Obviously, we'd like to keep winning um, on the pitch and uh, still developing our academy. And I think that will happen. I think that just the quality of players now that, that Liverpool and Man City have had, the way they do their business, the way they develop players, I, I don't see us catching them. I, I think even if we bring in a top quality player like Ronaldo, I don't think it's enough. I just don't think we'd have that the, the same quality uh, as those two. I don't know. What do you think? I think you probably need a striker. You could probably do it another winger to support uh, Sterling, don't you think? Because yes, you've got Pulisic, uh, who else have you got? You've got Kai Havertz, but we're talking about an outstanding uh, winger. I'll tell you what, Anthony Ajax looks really good. Man United are after him, Liverpool are interested. He, he would work really well for Chelsea, but it's ridiculous to think that you can't chase Liverpool and City. Are they really that world apart from the rest of the, rest of the teams then? I think so. I think you just have to look at last season just how incredible they, they were. Uh, there was no better team in the Premier League for me. And, and you know, a lot's been said about Mane leaving Liverpool. Yeah, but but Liverpool, Liverpool just looked fantastic. Well, they just replaced you know, them with Darwin just, Nunes. Yeah. They've, they've got no issues. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've got Salah and, you know, just and, and Firmino and uh, Jota. I mean, the list goes on. Trent Alexander, who, who, you know, he runs up that wing. I don't like Liverpool as much as the next person, but they are a quality side to watch, you know. And, and Man City as well. I'm a bit worried about Man City, though. I don't know if Jack Grealish is all that. No, he's definitely not worth 100 million. That's another subject no. we can come back to. I mean, English players, we overpay for English players just because they're English. I know there's a certain amount of players that you have to have in your squad, homegrown. 100 million for Jack Grealish is an absolute joke. Yeah, and, and they could also lose Silva, couldn't they? Yeah, there's talks about him going, isn't there? Um, I think he's been linked with... I think it's Barcelona. It's Barcelona I mean, who... who who haven't Barcelona been linked to this season? All right then. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let, well, I mean, look, we could we could be here forever, but let's let's talk about that Barcelona situation. We're we're both not Spanish experts, but how on earth are they getting away with this? And how are they doing this when they're billions of pounds in debt? And also, you know, the strict financial fair play rules across Europe, and and I, and I imagine that there's some some rules in place in uh, La Liga as well. I know there is stuff around their wage bill. And they've got to really balance the books around that. I, I don't know. I know they're in billions of pounds worth of debt, but they have an immense following. And I'm not just talking about our everyday supporter, but there there will be people that support and back Barcelona in very you know financial situations where they, they can afford to do that. I don't know. In all honesty, the answers. I believe that they they they're investing. They're getting themselves in debt. Um, by selling future revenue off and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous way they're doing things because for smaller sides that don't have that sort of money, that, you know, if they if a club, say, in, you know, say, for instance, in the championship, wants to do their best to get to the Premier League, they overspend and then the hope is they get to the Premier League and then they, they make all lots of money, revenue back, you know, I think it's like 90 million for getting promoted if you go through on the, the playoff final, then it's paid off. If it doesn't pay off, 
you then have to sell off your assets and you end up in debt and you end up with worse players and you know your you club is heading in the, the wrong direction. I don't see that happening with Barcelona, but I think it, what it does, it sets a real bad negative precedent. What they're doing isn't quite right. It, maybe it is very unique. Yeah, because you, you've had owners come into City, Chelsea, PSG and pump in billions, right? But then Barcelona have gone mm. reverse. They're like, well, I know what. We can't find those billionaire Arabs or Russians. What we'll do is we'll borrow £2 billion from a bank and we'll just sell future revenue and, and we'll risk everything and we'll just sign, what, Rafina, Lewandowski, Jules Conde, right? Is that how you yeah, Jules Conde, yeah. They yeah, stole him off Chelsea from Seville. Right, it's a maddening, maddening thing to do. It'll be interesting to see. Just uh, want to touch on Tottenham and Arsenal as well, Joe, because Tottenham um, have made some really good signings. Arsenal have made, in my opinion, have made some fantastic signings as well. In pre-season, Jesus, or Jesus, however you want to say it, has scored seven goals. How do you think those two teams are going to fare then? It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, you can't fault them. I think they've had a lot of criticism in the last couple of seasons. They haven't really spent the money. You know, Conte, we know if uh, Levy didn't back him, they were probably looking at losing one of the potential great managers of their future. Um, and that's that's just my view. I think he's a top-notch manager. He's won the Premier League with Chelsea. We've seen what he's done at the likes of Inter Milan before. And you know, they ha- I don't think they had no choice but to spend money in order if they want to press forwards. And you know, fair play to Daniel Levy. He must have been sweating getting that checkbook out. Um, you know, Basuma, fantastic signing. I know they signed Jed Spence from um, Middlesbrough. I know he was on loan at Nottingham Forest last season. So they've got some youth for the future and mixing experience there with youth. Um, and Arsenal, you know, Zianchenko and, and Jesus, they love to sign a Man City player and yeah. vice versa, them two clubs. But, but you know what? They are probably one of the best two signings they could possibly get from that club for for the prices they've got. Jesus will score them goals. They needed to replace, um, uh, what's his name? Aubameyang. Um, yeah, Bamiyang and Lacazette. And Lacazette, yeah. So, quality, quality players um, they've brought in Zianchenko, who I'm still confused what position he plays because I think we've seen him in defence for Man City but he's a midfielder as well. Yeah, so didn't we see him against Scotland in the in the Scotland? Yeah, yeah, he played. He was in the midfield. Yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. So they are, and I know they signed Marquinhos as well, and they signed um, was it uh, Vieira or someone? I can't remember his name. I've not seen him play, but apparently he is incredible. Obviously, they've got a young manager as well. So, do you think Tottenham? Let's come down to the top six then, or top four. Do you think Tottenham and Arsenal are making it into that top four then? That's a really difficult question, isn't it? Right, let, let, let's let's break it down a little bit. Who finishes higher, Tottenham or Arsenal? For me, Arsenal. But but then Tottenham's manager is far more experienced, far more superior than Arsenal. So I, I oh my goodness, I don't know. I I'd, I'd I'd say Arsenal. And I'm only going on See, their signings and mm. pre-season. And that's a dangerous thing to yeah. admit to. I'm still with Tottenham to finish higher. Only because I think that partnership between uh, Kane and Son is is just unbelievable. I think they are better They are better defensively. I think they've, they've got a lot more strength in defence. I think yeah. Conte plays a defensive game to a point um, much better than Arteta. I mean, Arsenal elite goals for me. Also, I haven't, we haven't touched upon this, but Rickolson, how does he fit Richardson? How does well, he fit into the fold at Tottenham? Well, they're, well they're, they're, they're top four, like the four attacking players. Kuliskowski, if that's how you say his name. Yeah. Rich Allison, and then you've got Kane and Son. How are you... And Lucas Moura, if you want to bring him into Lucas that Moura. as well. It's, it's incredible. Insane. Yeah, they are great. And then... I, I, 
yeah. I've just been there, but I think they've just got a lot more to give up there. You're I think right, they're going to get goals. You're right. And, mm. and and then, bombing from the full-backs is Parasic. <laughs> it's, yes. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Mm. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's, it's Yeah, it's fantastic. I just, I just, think, I think Arsenal have still got a lot of learning to do. I think that you know you can't just expect these players to come in and 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 you know win tr- trophies. I don't, I can't see Arsenal winning any major trophies, if I'm honest. But I do, I, I yeah, I, I think the, the London derbies will be brilliant this season. Um, but I think Spurs will just edge it. Um, and I, and I, and and you know, just talking about them two now, I think Spurs will, will be in the top four next season. Okay. All right. What about transfer of the year? In the Premier League, who's signed the best player? Well, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because what do we think of Holland at uh, Man City? Is he gonna is he gonna produce the goods? Is is he is he world class? I mean, we I don't know how much we've seen of him in the Bundesliga. Uh, Dortmund, he was obviously it's it's a different game over there. We've seen other Germans and and other well, players from Germany come over to the Premier League and struggle. Harvard's has taken a while to sort of settle in. Um, you know, Werner hasn't really worked out. Is he a top sign-in? Yes, he probably is. That's yeah, a silly so question, is. isn't it? No, but is he, he is. is he is is there any? Should there be any doubts? I know he missed a sitter in the, in the Community Shield. Shield. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we can judge him on the Community Shield. I think he'll take the Premier League like duck to water, if that even makes sense. I I think he'll be incredible. Mm. I think he needs time. I think what you see in the pre-season, David Nunez at Liverpool has had missed sitters, uh, and then as did Harlan. These are young kids. They they are going to take time. But mm. once they hit those strides, oh my word. Those, I mean, I don't know. Did you see the charity shield, right? The community shield? Yeah. 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 You, and I'm sure you've watched some pre-friendlies, uh, pre-season friendlies with Chelsea and other teams. The, the level of football mm. they were playing was just something out of this world. Considering the short breaks that they've had as well, players have yeah. been really intensively... Yeah, uh, involved in training early. You know, we got the World Cup coming up early this year, so it's, everything's really early, isn't it? And obviously with COVID, there's it a, still feels like coming back off a backlog of stuff. So, all right, but you yeah, still, you I still avoided the question though, because is it is it is it Richardson? Is it David Nunez? Is it Harlan? Uh, is it oh, mate, I, I don't know. It's a very difficult question, isn't it? Who is who is the best signing? Um, I, it, it's all going to come down to. Who does what? Isn't it? I mean, it's a silly question. It's a silly thing to say, but who's going to come down to who does what? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. Nunes looks good. Holland. I think Sterling is a steal from Man City. But again, it all just comes down to how well Chelsea do. I'll go Holland for now. That's how I hope I'm saying his name right as well. Yeah, um, Holland, Holland. People. Will Holland. Say sorry, Holland, Holland. Yeah. Holland. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's I'll go thing. Holland, but I, I've got a little. I've just got a little doubt about him. I don't know what it is, but. Um, Hopefully, you know, he'll prove me wrong. But you're right, every every, every top quality player misses chances. You know, players have done it all over the years. Van Nistelrooy used to miss loads of chances. You know, Drogba missed chances. It, it comes as part of the game, you know. Because um, he's going to get his chances. That's the, that's the crucial mm-hmm. bit there. Yeah, if you've got someone like Martial Actually, who gets five yeah. chances, Harlan will get mm-hmm. 15. Yeah, exactly. It's all about creating and how many... You know, chances you get up front and how many you convert of those. But actually, I, I have got one top quality signing that um, only came through yesterday that I think will make a difference. It's uh, Tom Huddleston to Manchester United under 21s. Player <laughs> coach, developing all those younger players. Not that ben, is a top not quality. Not Benny McCarthy uh, then? Molly that ball. No, not, not, <laughs> Benny, not Benny McCarthy. But oh. Tom Huddleston, I think he's like 36 now. Uh, he's obviously played the game for many years. Tottenham, yeah. Derby, so on. 
Um, yeah, so uh, top quality signing, fully under twenty one. Yeah. Something unusual, but you know. If you said to me, yeah, three in three three years ago, or when Van Persie scored that hat trick against Villa, or he scored that winning goal to win us the Premier League in two thousand thirteen, in nine years you'll have Huddleston, Benny McCarthy, and you'll be talking about fighting for sixth position. I'd have told you to f off. <laughs> I'd have been like, mate, what are you on about? You're having a bubble bath. That ain't happening. All right, well, look, uh, okay, top four then. All right. Give, give me the top four. All right, top four. I'm, I'm going to absolutely hate saying this because it, <laughs> they're, they're probably my two most hated teams in the Premier League. Well, of course. And if you're a Chelsea fan listening to this, you'll know that Tottenham are probably my most hated team. But I'm going to say I think Liverpool are going to win the Premier League this season. They <gasps> came so close last season. Jeez. And I just think Klopp is just such a good manager. And I think, um, yeah, I think they're going to be quality. And I think it's going to be very close. And I think, yeah, they're just going to pick it this season. So I'm going to go Liverpool. Uh, then I'm going to go Man City. And, and then, oh, I hate, hate, hate saying this. But I'm being honest. I'm, I'm being completely honest and not being biased. I think Tottenham are going to finish third. And I'm going to put Chelsea fourth. So Arsenal and Man United have missed out. Hmm. Newcastle have missed out. What if they? I say- don't. I don't. I, I don't see Man United being anywhere near. I just don't think they've got the quality. I, I honestly don't. If Newcastle get Madison as well, okay. Well, we could. Well, all right. Uh, mine for me. It, <laughs> for me. For me. Yeah. It's. It, you know that sigh. That sigh is genuine. It, it hurts. Um, I think it's. Yeah. It's probably going to be Man City. I think Haaland's going to be brilliant. I think Darwin Nunez, if he plays, which he will. It'll be brilliant. I think it'll be Man City and Liverpool like they were last year. Now, that third, fourth place, I think it comes down to between Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, mm. And and I honestly think that it might be Tottenham and Arsenal. I think Chelsea sneak in there if they sign a number nine. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So it's pretty much like last season if you take Chelsea up the equation. Oh, which is depressing. Really very close. Which is depressing. What you're going to see, I think, is going to see some quality football up till November, December. But it's how they mm. pick up after the World Cup. That's going to be interesting. First time ever we've had a World Cup in the winter. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of tiredness when they come back. I think that the intense heat out there, the climate the time zone, the, the fact that, you know, it's just, it's going to be a really strange experience for a supporter, but plus the players as well, to play a World Cup in halfway through the season. It's just odd. All right. Who's winning the Champions League? Oh, who's winning the Champions League? Um, I, British teams have done really well the last couple of seasons, haven't they, to, to get to where they've got. Um, it's always tricky, the Champions League. I'd like so, to think so it's going to be another British team. I think they'll be up there somewhere. I don't think Paris, Paris Saint-Germain are desperate to win it as well. I, I think it will be one of the old gods, perhaps maybe the maybe the Real Madrids again, maybe the Bayern Munichs. But you know, don't rule out any English sides. I think you know Chelsea, that's Chelsea and Liverpool. They, they, they do really well in the Champions League, so you know. I think Chelsea. It'll be, it'll be the luck, luck of the draw. Yeah, I think Chelsea are set up as a cup team. They might do well. Um, you haven't answered mm. the question though. Hmm. Who's going to win it? Yeah. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Mm. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go Barcelona. Fair, uh, that's a good shot. Yeah. yeah, Lewandowski. I think he's gonna score a bucket loads of goals. I think Rafinha is gonna be good. I think if they can retain a couple of players, that's why I'm so surprised they're not. Well, I know why they're doing it, but they, if they could keep Frankie De Jong in that midfield, 
It's a hell of a team. Can we do who's going to get relegated from the Premier League? I think yeah. that's a really important question. Well, I think one team that are definitely going down are Leeds because I think they've lost one of their best players in Calvin Phillips and I don't know why Man City needed to design him. Obviously, he spent a lot of money on him and it's, it's the right move for him. Um, I don't think that they're signing players that are Premier League quality. There's a lot of nobodies that I've never heard of they're signing. Um, I think they've got a rookie and a manager that doesn't know much about the English game. I think they were very lucky to stay up last season. Um, so I think that Leeds are going to be done well, there. I definitely well, well, they've think they're going to be done Yeah, they've Rafinha lost as well. Yeah, as well. So, so they've lost their defence. Yeah. They've lost their defence and they've lost their attacking player. Yeah, and, and Banford, who's their best striker, struggles to keep fit um, yeah. all season. I think Everton are going to struggle because I just don't see the signings that they're making. They've lost Richardson. Uh, that you know, they're signing uh, Gay from uh, PSG, who's yeah. 33 now, I think he is, 32, 33. Obviously played for them before, experienced and was, was great for them. You know, they've signed McNeil from Burnley. For me, they're not players that are going to push them well, any further. You're, you're not going to wind down your windows in the morning and go, yeah, we've signed uh, McNeil. No. No. 20 million as well so I do yeah. I do worry about them as much as Lampard's you know one of the one of the old guard at Chelsea I think it's great but um, I only got you know, got James Tarkovsky as well from Burnley he's, he's solid free, in six, but these, yeah these are just you know again they're bit, bitty what players can I say? They, they, yeah exactly if they join teams that have gone up from the championship like Fulham's or the Bournemouth's I'd say yeah good quality signings but for, for Everton that's just I don't know. I expected a little bit more from them. They don't want to be down in the relegation zone again. Because let's face it, they're fans of the people that kept them up last season. Um, yeah. You know, just everything that they did for that club. Um, you know, so I think Everton, I think Leeds, mm. um, and Tricky, um, the third team. I think possibly. Don't say for uh, Do you know? Is it... No, no. I don't. I think. The, the sides that have come up will be all right. I think the the, the team the, the the teams I worry about are the teams that had a really really bad end of season. Wait, hold on. I who think... came up again? Remind me. So we had Fulham, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Martin Forest, Forest spent a hell down. of a money. No, I think Nottingham Forest are right. I think they'll do a Brentford. I think they'll have a good season. Mate, I would be ecstatic be right. for because of the history. Hey, mate, they've got they've got Jay Links. They've got Jay Links in the team. They'll be all right. <laughs> Messi Lingard. <laughs> they'll be yeah. fine they'll be fine and they've got Henderson haven't they yeah Dean Henderson signed on the books yeah, they'll be yeah. fine I think they'll be fine well, um, I think it? that the, the other team is going to be between two, two teams that had a really bad end of season one team spent a little bit of money the other team they just don't seem to be backing the manager and that's Wolverhampton Wanderers I yeah. worry about them I think they had a bad end of season um, I know Bruno Lang done a good job um, there last season but they kind of fell away at the end of the season Southampton are that sort of team that get beat 8-0 and then lose the next five games, but then win a couple of games that you just go unnoticed and manage to get to the 40-point mark. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I just think they're always going to be a team that's sort of um, around in and around that sort of drop zone. So, yeah, I think I think possibly we could be looking at Wolves or Southampton down there. I think we should do this at least once a month or twice a month and absolutely bore the hell out of those who are not interested in football but actually, those of you interested in football, these have been opinions of two football fanatics who enjoy the game um, for the sake of it. Like, we don't, I don't know, we're not season ticket holders yet. We just love the game week in, week out. And we listen to it, we watch it, we drink it in. We have some shocking opinions and we have some really good knowledge. <laughs> it, it's, it's just what an average UK footballing fan is like, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to, um, you know, to, to disagree in a respectful way and 
and have your own thoughts and stuff and see things from a different perspective. So, you know, there's there's plenty of things that I certainly don't get right. But, um, you know, listen, football is life for me and I know it is for you. And uh, I know I brief Chelsea and you brief United yeah. and mm. it'll be a, no, football it'll be was a fascinating life for season. Me. No, 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 no. Football was life for me until we signed Jemba Jemba. <laughs> he was so good, we had to name him twice, mate. No. <laughs> um, yes, well, you know, mate, you live in hope. Exactly. Any Anything else? Anything else before we say good night and good and tag to everyone? I think we're going to end with. Let's end with something that we haven't touched upon, which is absolutely important. We've talked spoke to a little bit around yes. racism in the game. Let's talk about the women's yeah. uh, triumph in the Euros. Yeah. What do we need now? What 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 needs? To, well, first of all, congratulations to them. I thought they were outstanding. Yeah. Um, uh, they, you know, and and that's partly down to the fact that there's four Chelsea players in there. What needs to happen now for the women's game to expand and to continue to to push forwards? For me, it's a huge topic. For me, revenue is an issue. Uh, as much as we like to say that the women's football is now going to sell for the next year or so, there are clubs who've come out and said our ticket sales have gone up by 200%. This is all phenomenal. It's My argument is just like the Paralympics and the Olympics in 2012. We had six, seven months of success afterwards, but then it died very quickly. So my thinking, and follow me here, is that England have done well, they won the Euros, and the sales are up, and, and there's more fans, there's more bums on seats, and there's more football to watch on live on TV and radio, and England go into the next tournament and they lose. What happens? And I know you're going to say, I stop being a pessimistic bastard, but what, what happens then? No, I think you absolutely nailed it on the head. I think that we are living uh, in a fantasy world right now where we're all on cloud nine. Yeah. And you're right, it's about nine months, ten months' time when... The season's over and we move on and we kind of forget, you know, what what these girls have actually achieved. And sorry, women. Um, and, you know, for the younger generation. Or actually, I think the younger generation will hold on to this for a lot longer than maybe some so. of the older generation that well, are kind of just coming into the fold of uh, watching women's football. But you're absolutely right. I think you couldn't have said that better. It's 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 about maintaining that what, what they've achieved and making sure that it's not forgotten and the only way that you can do that is by investing in grassroots, correct? Uh, you know, children's football, girls' football, correct? And the government, the FA, uh, working together, and also I think it's always going to be difficult to bring women's football on par with men's football because there's different physicality in the game, and you know it's still developing. But I think by you know the, the women's teams playing at the actual grounds where the men's teams play at, I know that's something Chelsea has started this season, and trying to replicate some of those those then things that are already happening in the men's game will only enhance that experience. Because, you know, we Chelsea play it, like, I think it's Kings Meadow um, yeah, yeah, in yeah, Kingston King's Meadow. Uh, when they're not playing at Stamford Bridge. But, you know, there's no better place for a Chelsea fan to be at, at Stamford Bridge, you know, taking in that atmosphere and stuff. And you'll get fans in because it's Stamford Bridge. You know, it's not just the football. It's the home of where you play. It's the atmosphere and all those things. I think, yeah, there clearly needs to be some more work done off the field as well. But um, yeah. you're absolutely right. You couldn't have said that better, mate. I want those things to come off. I'm just saying that what happens, and I think you made an interesting point about grassroots and, and children. Tell me, why are girls standing around, and I'm talking about young girls now, six years old, seven years old, in the PE lessons and not partaking where boys are playing football? Okay. My other issue is, I understand that you've got to segregate genders when they're older. Why do you have to segregate six-year-old from boys and girls on the field of play. 
I understand changing rooms. Of course I do. All of that is, is obviously fine. But on, on the pitch, mm. six-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy should be able to play together. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I agree with that. And, and it's the same like if you, if you look at it from a, a work point of view that, you know, females can do a, a male's job just as well. And they should be paid the same and respected the same. And um, I think it's particularly in grassroots, when you're starting out on a journey, you want to be seen as being treated equally and fair and to be given the same forecast as, as a, a male player. So I think that, you know, grassroots and mi the, the mixing boys and girls is important and until they find their feet. And if it's something they want to pursue, then that's when you take it a little bit more serious and you group them to ability and, you know, maybe more girls get involved and you can you have girls teams um, perhaps you know that that that's not something that needs to be thought about. But listen, I'm not an expert in this area at all. No, 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 no. But well, these these are just our opinions. And I'm sure that someone have will have yeah. And I'm sure someone will comment on this podcast and maybe have a better view on it and and understand it a little bit more. Maybe there's things that are being done, or maybe some of the things that we think aren't being done are being done already. But um, it's it's so important, isn't it? I mean, mental health and everything, and our young people as well. Yeah. Um, it, you know, football gives so much more than just. You know the passion. It's the physical activity. It's an opportunity to mix with peers, to communicate. Although there's so much that comes with it, and you know the 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 women's team have just you know left us feeling fantastic, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and you know a lot of them have come from various backgrounds. Some of them are doing it as a second job, um, and they shouldn't. You know they've just won the Euros, the equivalent yeah. to you know what the men's game is, and it shouldn't be forgotten. And uh, you know they sh they shouldn't have to go and and have a second job um, unless they you know unless that's something they actually want to do because they're clearly having to do it for financial reasons. Um, so you know well you know you're right. We we need to keep this legacy alive, and um, it's it's really pleasing to see lots of tweets that went out from the clubs um, after the the game to say look they were really proud and they want to help the women's game, um, and you know kind of Man United Chelsea will be playing at their actual official grounds uh for the first game of the season so uh, hopefully supporters get behind and what was interesting as well uh, a ticket for the euros the final the maximum you would pay was 50 pounds i think it's like god knows what in the men's game when we got to the euros it was when in the thousands yeah it did like those so, people who paid that were part of history and like no one's ever going to forget that the only thing i'll say here is that what the quotes i heard were absolutely lovely that cup was for the women who won it on the day of course it was but also that cup belonged to those women who struggled for God knows how many years, discrimination, sexual discrimination, um, having to do football as a third job, second job, having to be told, well, you shouldn't be playing football. God knows the kind of things that they've heard and experienced. And, and that trophy was for them as much as it was for those women who won it on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't say that better, mate. He has been Joe Zindani, a football fanatic, a Chelsea fan. I have been Hassan Khan, part of the Carnage podcast, uh, Manchester United, past glory hunter. And Joe, let's do this again sometime soon. And uh, good luck with your team and good luck with your fantasy league. I don't think we'll cover fantasy league in this one, but yeah, um, let's meet again sometime soon in a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully uh, Chelsea will be sitting lovely at the top of the table. Three, Rod. All right. Wherever you listen to this, you have been listening to the Carnage podcast. Keep it tuned and make sure you comment, share, subscribe and all those lovely things. And give us five stars if you, of course, enjoyed the content. Until next time, this is Carnage. Carnage. Carnage.
Sounds about right. 